1: Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you wanna hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate.
2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year.
3: This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, joined by my two co-hosts, my partners in crime, my podcast, Significant Others, to talk about what we're looking forward to this week for the Green Bay Packers after coming off a 24-20 win I use win in quotes over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Janelle Mackey and Matt Fairlake. Guys, how are we doing today? How did you feel after what we saw on Sunday? It's the first time in a long time we get to talk about a win, but this was like the first win that never felt like a win for me in a long time.
2: Didn't feel like a win at all. Um, No. Especially compared to Vegas, I think they had the Packers favored by like two scores, two or fourteen mm-hmm. points, you say, not two scores. So that didn't obviously work out for anyone betting them. Weather probably played a factor into that, but we'll get into the, maybe some other things. But I'm feeling good. It's good to finally get a win, be able to talk victory Monday with you guys, Janelle. How were things with you?
4: Yeah, I mean, a win's a win, as Todd would say, right, Dan? But uh, that's right. Drink. You know, it's. It was weird. Kind of just that whole game, I felt like my energy level matched the Packers through that whole thing. Just very low, and it's like, oh, well, something happened, but I'm still just not as excited because it was just really disappointing the, what you expect from that game, and I didn't have super high expectations, like, oh, this should be a blowout. I mean, it should have been, but you know, after watching games like the Vikings, it's you have to go into each game a new week kind of disregarding record and stuff like that, but yeah, it felt really weird, like... You know, oh, cool, we won. But I think I tweeted like, yeah, at one point we we're down three, but it felt like thirty. So it really felt like we were just losing that entire game and somehow got the W. So it was, it's weird, but you know, at least we're not talking about a loss for the first time in like over a month.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Like this games like this are becoming a lot more normal this year for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know all across the league. It's there's with no fans in the stands. Everything is, is different. Um, I, I think that really evens things out a lot more than I think people are maybe acknowledging. I mean, look at the Buccaneers last week against the giants. Like the giants had a chance to win that game at the end over the, the bucks who everyone thought was, you know, the elite of the elite of the NFC at that point. Like, and the, and I don't think the Jags are as bad as their record say, says either. So, you know, I don't think we need to we're not trying to make excuses or rationalize what happened on Sunday but you know it's still an NFL team that the Packers are playing up against so it's not surprising that they came out and balled out like they did um but with that said the game result and and things that happened in the game gave me a lot of pause and we've got a lot to talk about it's and kind of what that means moving forward out of this week Uh, but as we're looking forward ahead to, uh, you know, to trends and, and, and storylines that we're following this week for the Packers, uh, the one that we should probably start off with is the thing that didn't even have, uh, really an effect on the game itself on Sunday. And that was David Bakhtiari getting his uh, four year contract extension. I think it's what 23 million a year in base salary. I think it's, it's going to be worth, could be worth up to, um, 105 million, uh, at the end of the day, making him the highest-paid offensive lineman in the history of the league. Um, I, saw, I saw him tweet out a picture of himself in college, and, yeah, like, if you had shown me a picture of that kid and said he'd be the highest-paid offensive lineman in the history of the league, I would have never agreed with you. But uh, So so weird. And, like, even in that
2: yeah. picture, like, I think he, he had a very – I, like an affliction shirt underneath the jersey wearing from Colorado and like at the time clearly didn't have the long hair but if you would have told me hey that guy right there that recruit David at, after he leaves Colorado and goes to the league he's gonna grow a ponytail I'd be like yeah he looks like a ponytail guy so like it was, <laughs> it was a very like far insight to uh, you know a young David
3: yeah but uh, I mean the thing with it is like we we don't really need to talk about the contract so much but I think what it means is this is the this is the, the that was the big contract sitting out there the big con- the extensions for the Packers for free agents that are coming up after this season so that's the first domino to fall. so I think now looking f- ahead at the next uh what is it not uh eight weeks now seven weeks Jesus it feels like the season <laughs> has flown by. It feels like we still have 10 weeks left of the season um but you know over the next several weeks you know a couple months, do we see another contract extension come down before the end of the season and you know who's it who's it going to be I think it's uh it's it's a toss-up of you know I shouldn't say toss-up it's, it's a kind of a two schools of thought Aaron Jones sitting at the top but he's going to need more money and there's still some other contracts smaller ones that could get taken care of so who do you, what do you guys kind of make of the Bakhtiari contract and where the Packers sit with that free agent class and and moving forward with extensions and decisions for those people as we move forward. Definitely like, uh, seven regular
2: season games, Dan left, but I mean, we would like to play more than that. Right. That's that's obvious. Um,
3: number one right now
2: for sure. sure. Right now. Number one C baby. So
4: it's kind of weird to think how we're sitting at number one.
2: (laughs) Very bizarre. Very didn't does not. It's kind of, you kind of fell into it. Um, but anyways, as far as the contract goes, very bizarre that that happened with like five minutes left in the game. I was like, "Wait, what? What? What is happening here?" Like, obviously, they said that he he inked it. Maybe I think at midnight on Saturday night. So that was kind of strange just to see that that contract go live. Something we've been waiting on. Like, and we're trying to get a defensive stop, but all of a sudden we have this contract news. Very strange. <laughs> Overall, I you know I'm the two I really wanted to get done before the end of this season was the Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari. So I'm pretty set personally right now. Um, which one comes next? Not sure. Um, you know, I know Janelle's got one in mind. We could maybe do the Aaron Jones one, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King. I mean, there's a few out there, but as far as things go right now, I think I'm pretty happy with Kunst and Russ Ball, how they've kind of gotten this done before even Thanksgiving and were able to kind of sail through the rest of the year, see what these guys do. Um, but I, if they were to ink someone by the end of the year, great. But I don't, I don't think they necessarily need to at this point, like they had to do with Clark and Bakhtiari.
4: Yeah. And I, yeah, it was kind of weird, you know, you're kind of bummed out that entire game and then it's like pro football is like, you know what, let's just give them this boost. And it's like David Bakhtiari just signed four more years. And all of a sudden it was something exciting to talk about for the first time in 45 minutes of football of that game. So yeah, it's, it's exciting because nobody deserves it more than David Bakhtiari. I think we can all agree on that. He's phenomenal with what he does and, For as great of a guy like how much fun he has out there and the kind of party-esque vibe like you would love to party with this guy because he just puts out that kind of vibe but he is so humble with his work that it's it's incredible you know he just kind of sits down last night before going to bed and inks a four-year deal and doesn't make any big deal about it and you could see in his press conference how emotional he was how how hard he's worked to get here and yeah I'm just really happy that no matter who he's protecting if it's Rogers Boyle Love whoever next man up. I'm just really, really thankful to know that he's going to be protecting that blindside for the next four years, and then kind of carry over that into what you were saying. With would I like to see? Yeah, there's guys that I would like to see sign. Will it be during the season? I don't know. But the next one I would really love to see, aside from Jones, because it would be fun to have Jones. But you know, cap space, money wise, he's going to be. He's got a big price tag right now, so I would love to see them lock up Lindsley at center because he is also somebody who is so good at his job, and I think if you can kind of keep this offensive line who is really good at what they do and arguably one of the best in the league, then I think that's really important, especially no matter who you have at running back. If you have guys that are good at protecting your quarterback but also creating the gaps for your running backs, then maybe like they help. Guys like Jamal Williams, who maybe don't get as many carries, have those big runs because they're, I keep saying they're really good at their job, but I really don't know what else to say because they are. So (laughs) I would love to see Lindsay locked up at some point and whenever they do it, that'd be cool. But he's kind of the next one that I would love to see.
5: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to CompScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through December 31st term and conditions apply.
3: The the question that remains for me here now is you signed Bakhtiari, which I agree with you. I love, you know, locking down the best, arguably the best tight tight end left tackle in the league. Um, there's, there's no real, indication that he's going to have a drop-off of any kind. Um, so I, I love the idea of it, but now the big question is Aaron Jones. So does this deal, the amount of money that it is, does this change how you feel the direction the Packers are going to go with Aaron Jones-wise? Because I feel like that's the big – because you Janelle, you mentioned Corey Lindsley, completely fair – but you've got guys like Kevin King sitting there too. We can I think those are those are kind of lesser deals. If they don't re-sign those guys, it the team probably suffers a little bit, but it's not as big of a deal. Aaron Jones is still the big one sitting there. So does this one affect how much does it affect your opinion on them keeping Aaron Jones or the prospect of keeping Aaron Jones?
2: Yeah, it definitely affects it. Now the fact that Aaron Jones has been banged up a little bit, you know, he hasn't done nearly what he's performed to last year. He's had hints of it, which is good for the Packers salary cap wise, right? I mean, he, as far as giving Bakhtiari money, that was pro- that was the last big high ticket person they were going to have to sign, right? As a free agent, um, that they're going to have to bring yeah. back if they want to. That made the most sense. At this point, it, it almost seems like unless Aaron Jones underperforms the, the rest of this year, which wouldn't be good in the Packers success for the 2020 season to win a Super Bowl or you know to do what as far as they could get it almost seems like it's kind of leveraging Aaron Jones out and Jamal Williams has been involved a little bit more he's obviously worked on his craft a little bit AJ Dillon obviously was brought in as a second round pick um, and just the that that high dollar amount that was reset this past offseason by Alvin Kamara uh Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, those guys reset the bar. So it's almost it would it's really tough for me to see if you're gonna pay Aaron Jones' his real worth. You might get a little bit knocked down for, you know, maybe a, a hometown discount. But at this point, it kind of seems like it would be really, really tough. They'd have to let go of some guys. And I don't I mean, we're getting a little bit down the rabbit hole there. I don't know who that would be. Uh, maybe it is some of the guys we already talked about, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley. Uh maybe it's a Billy Turner, but he's performed really well this year. Maybe it's a Preston Smith. I wouldn't be upset with that at this point. He's kind of pissed me off, to be honest. So
3: um
2: <laughs> there's there's definitely gonna be have to other some there's gonna have to be other people let go or not resign to actually bring Aaron Jones in for what his actual value is um in the NFL and the running back market.
4: Yeah, and I've always been one to say, you know, running backs are disposable. You can let him go and find a replacement. Uh, but then you get one on your team and it's all of a sudden a very different story where it's, oh, okay, well we finally have somebody who is up to this elite caliber running back discussion and it makes it tougher. Yeah. The better he plays, the higher his price goes. But like you said, Matt, maybe he gets dinged up. Maybe it kind of lowers his price a little. It's, I'm not good with the, the salary cap kind of stuff, but I do think the signing of David Bakhtiari, because going into the season, this, this has been the discussion throughout the year. Like, who, do, who would you take, Bakhtiari or Jones? Who do you want signed? Who would you be okay with letting go? And now Packers have kind of made a decision for us, and now it's, okay, now is it worth it to sign Jones too? So I think it really just depends on how the rest of the year plays out. I don't see Jones getting a contract in the middle of the season like Bakhtiari did. I think he's going to be an end-of-the-year kind of deal. And... I don't know. I, I would obviously love to see Aaron Jones come back. I love him. I love what he does for this team. And he's just he gets better and better. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to think of the pieces you need and what's worth it. So I don't know. It's it's a guessing game at this point.
3: Yeah. You know, Matt, you bring up a good point about letting, you know, we, we're looking at this situation in the off season through the lens of how everything looks right now. And I think like we're looking at it as in a sense of like, oh, well, this is this is the roster. Like, how are you going to fit this into where the roster is now? But, you know, and this is something that uh, I think we can we can kind of transition to a little bit here into you know some of our more game specific uh, stuff to look forward to this week after what we saw on Sunday. But, you know, you you mentioned Preston Smith. And at this point in the season, I'm not. I'm not upset about letting Preston Smith go. You know, cutting some cutting some of that cap out of the you know out of the number and um, to to make way for an Aaron Jones or you know however you want to kind of work the how, however you want to do it to work the salary out because I think I think looking forward to especially starting this week it should have probably started a couple of weeks ago but uh, Rashawn Gary I think I saw on twenty two. Uh, 22 snaps, got a QB pressure seven times. So, mm-hmm. you know, a third of the time he's getting a QB pressure out there. That's pretty darn good. Y- you could make the argument that moving forward, he needs to be seeing more of Preston Smith's uh, reps out on the field. Um, so, you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of goes back to, again, Kudakunt's doing the job of finding players to fill those roles. And now, if you have Rashawn Gary and you start playing him now, or you start giving him more opportunities, starts to turn those opportunities, you know, around and make something out of them. And he makes the case to be, you know, a number one guy alongside a Zadarius Smith. Now that opens up the idea of letting, uh, it makes it easier to let Preston Smith go in the off season. For to sure. To open up some of that money and keep, uh, and keep somebody else. Um, so I think, I think that's something, I think that's something to look forward to the next couple of weeks here we'll stick with the defense as we we kind of transition to stuff here the defense pressure wise like something needs to be happening this week and to me this this is the big thing coming out of this week is how many more times are we going to hear Matt LaFleur talk about the issue is coaching the issue is coaching you know we weren't being prepared enough you know stuff wasn't happening that we weren't prepared to come out for this game for me, it always still goes back to I've been harping on this for a while, but it still goes back to Mike Pettin. And so, you know, if if Matt Lafleur wants to keep if he keeps saying this over and over and over again, then at some point you're going to have to change that, Matt. You know, like you have to figure out what's what's the issue. So for the defense guys, what do you what do you make out of this week? Because they didn't overall play a terrible game, but they really let. A, a Jaguars team stick around and and make plays then the the more than they probably should have right like and now you're going up against a a Philip Rivers team which is basically just the Jacksonville offense with a much better quarterback I feel like
2: <laughs> for sure for sure like so the thing with this offense for the Jags is like you look at Lutton's numbers and they're really bad like he was fit, I think 50 completion percentage yeah. didn't have that great of a game um statistically I mean one touchdown 169 yards like not great James Robinson ran for 100 yards like I think I mean I have him in fantasy football if you don't know who James Robinson is look it up like dude's a stud and like I think Mm -hmm. anyone would have said based off what the Packers have done throughout this year that he was going to run for 100 yards like I think that was a foregone conclusion for me at least I don't know about everyone else but you look at the stats and it's like this team they just hung in there the entire game based off of what you knew was going to happen from the running back of very, very subpar performance from Lutton and like they still only lost by four. And I know it's because special teams played a factor. They got the punt return from Keelan Cole putting JK Scott on skates. I know Janelle was defending her guy out there, but that was ugly. (laughs) Not good. Not good. So it's just defensively. Like I think I saw the stat halfway through the game and it said, maybe it was early in the first half and like, Kenny Clark has like 12 tackles on the year. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Zero pressures, zero sacks. I'm like, dude, what in the hell? Like he needs some help. Right. And like, that's, we've been, we've been saying this for, it seems like a year at this point, like give the guy some help, stop getting him double teamed. And he's talked about that even more and more in the last few weeks when he's done the zoom press conferences, he's like, I mean, he's kind of being nice about it and taking the politically correct route. I'm sure he's being coached up on that, but I mean, really, at the end of the day, like he's getting so many double teams. Like you can't expect Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Montrevius Adams to keep performing. I mean, Adams has had flashes, but nothing that's consistent. Um, and then you look really to the secondary. The secondary, I, I mean, I know it was banged up yesterday, so it gave an opportunity for some young guys to step up and, and play a little bit. Holman did okay. Chandon Sullivan did all right. Uh, Josh Jackson was pretty decent I mean actually more than decent he's been pretty strong the last few because Kevin King out but I mean realistically they should have had a touchdown to was that DJ Shark where he underthrows it and Savage is able to make up for it babe I mean he didn't really make a play the ball was just underthrown essentially and yeah it, so really that should have been a touchdown in my eyes and it's just you know if it's if that's not letting out there maybe Minshew makes that touchdown and really just the they're they're not making any you know, phenomenal plays by any means that I'm seeing. I mean, where they're making the plays they have to, when they have to, like at the end of the game, like to, to close it out, they're making those plays. But before that, like, let's get some intensity out there. I know they got the one pick, but it's just, I, I, I'm not seeing it this year from the Packers, not the turnovers. And I don't know what it, what it is. I don't even see the juice out there from the Smith brothers anymore. And like two frustrations I had yesterday were in this order. Preston Smith, How horrendous he looks! If you just watch him every play, like if you were just to every single defensive play, go back and watch. Like it just you want to pull your hair out. Some of the mistakes he's making.
3: That two hand touch, that two hand touch that he had on James Robinson as he just runs by him, stupid, just blew me off the wall. Unbelievable!
2: It's unbelievable. And the second one was just horrible plays for by me on fantasy football, but definitely was the number (laughs) one was Preston Smith by by far. So I just I don't know what's gonna happen with the defense. We've been saying this for a long, long time. They can't stop the run. Every team knows how to exploit it at this point, and as we get towards this uh, this Colts game, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Even though they have some, you know, Marlon Mack hasn't played. He's been out for the year, but they definitely have some other running backs they're going to have to uh, take notice on.
4: Yeah, and one of my biggest pet peeves, just on defense in general, is when you make contact about four yards behind the line of scrimmage and they can run for almost a first down, that just, it's so irritating to me. Like, you have the guy right there. And you're gonna go let him turn it around for a positive gain, and it's just—I don't know if it's lack of effort, lack of talent, or ability, or what the heck is going on. But guys, I did some math going into this recording. Oh boy. Yes, I don't do math, so somebody's probably gonna tell me all my numbers are wrong. Aren't you a teacher? I I specialize in uh, literature. <laughs>
3: okay. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I
4: got taken out of the eighth grade math. But anyways, <laughs> so going in to Uh, post this Jags game, the Packers defense has allowed an average of 334.7 yards. And of those 334.7, 110.7 are rushing yards. And honestly, after I did all this math, none of that surprised me. It's, it's a big number, but it's like, I'm pretty used to it. You know, it's, it's disappointing to see that they allow an average of over a hundred yards per game. And I think that that just kind of speaks for itself on what is going on with this defense. And Dan, I'm really surprised that you haven't cleared out Patton's desk yet.
0: (laughs) The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Man, if there weren't COVID restrictions to go into (laughs) go in there, I would have I would have brought him boxes already. Um, Yeah, you guys. I mean, you just hit it with all the the lack of energy and the lack of excitement. It's like you know every every other team in the NFL, for the most part, is playing without fans. And if there are fans, it's not like there's. I can't imagine that the atmosphere is that huge that it's changing the you know the outcome as much as a a real a regular you know full stadium would kind of feel but like everyone's doing this like under the same thing like everyone's operating under the same kind of uh same kind of rules so like you guys got to find you got to find what you're doing there the thing that the thing that stood out to me and maybe i maybe i read too much into it is when zadarius had that sack and he goes over for the celebration, and nobody wanted oh to go God, celebrate was, with him. That
4: told the tale of what this defense is, like, yeah. energy-wise. Like, it's, like, he's trying to get you guys excited about something, and just nobody's having it. And it actually kind of broke my heart a little bit, because it's finally something to be excited about. And you know you can use this as leverage to kind of get the wheels turning, and it's just, you know, Darius sitting there by himself celebrating, and it was yeah. bad. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and well, and just kind of, it just speaks again to like kind of the the feeling that this team kind of has is there's just the there's the, it feels like they know that there's potential there. They know they're not living up to it, but there's nobody that kind of wants to step up and change this. You know, there, there's just a malaise there that it doesn't seem anyone wants to kind of change or correct
2: i mean embrace debate as vanilla as he was and as average as he was maybe blake martinez was the juice on that defense who, who knows
4: <laughs> maybe he wasn't the problem after all hmm? maybe
2: <laughs> maybe he was the energy guy no one knew about <laughs> well, okay
4: can well, we, I only, mean, can we I mean, talk about how bad just in general special teams has been awesome. oh terrible. <laughs>
3: good
2: like, not only they deserve were they deserve to, to have defense. that pun return against them yeah
4: we're used to the defense being this bad but when the special teams goes out and yes matt i did defend jk scott in a sense of leave him alone not that that wasn't <laughs> horrible <laughs> but oh my gosh especially when you see the guy like five guys mm-hmm. in one lane it's just like did we rehype did ron zook sneak sneak his way back into the game and i don't <laughs> guys <Yeah>. I...
3: <laughs> well um offensively guys i think there's there's a lot to talk about here too yeah if we're looking at if we're looking at straight storylines for this coming week, obviously the biggest one for the offense. I guess actually before really the defense, one thing we should mention, something to keep an eye on for this week is the progression of J.R. Alexander and I guess also Kevin King because you know, Kevin King missing last week with that quad injury that flared up again. Um, you know, that one's not as big because we've seen that come up and it just kind of flares up and, you know, Who knows knows how ready he could have been for for a a must-win kind of game if it was this Sunday. But Jair Alexander now missing the game this Sunday with the concussion that he got last Thursday against the 49ers. um, That's got to be the biggest thing looking forward to the rest of this week is the progression of Jair Alexander on that defense. Will he be ready to play on on uh on Sunday against the Colts, you know, you want to talk about energy? That guy brings the energy.
2: Absolutely. 17, 17 days would be that he's been rested. Yeah. And I know um, concussions can be tough, right? We've seen guys be mm-hmm. out for a long time. Hopefully, there's extra precautionary this go around for uh, this last week's game. But you know, yeah, I would hope he'd be able to at least come onto the field when they go to Indianapolis. That that'd be huge. And he definitely brings a lot of swagger. And they would definitely could use it at this point but I don't think one guy's going to change that but um, it would be nice to see him out there um, coming back from concussion then Kevin King, we'll see what happens I mean, he's thought he had maybe had that injury bug past him but it looks like it's coming up even more and more this year and kind of yeah. back to, back to uh, you know, his habit if you will of getting injured
4: for a length of time yeah and yeah. Jair, he, yeah, like you said, maybe he's the guy that brings the energy, but, you know, concussions you have to really be careful with because you don't want it to, you don't want him to go out there too soon, and this team is really good about not putting guys on the field they don't think should be out there, but you just have that little bit of concern because of the way, the type of player he is, that you don't want him to go out there and make an injury worse if he's not 100%, and yeah, concussions, they can vary, you know, it could take a week, it could take a month, you really never know, depends on the severity of it but you know you're able to get by without guys like kevin king and jair alexander against lutton who played his second game ever but now you're going up against philip rivers who has been around the block a few times at this point and knows what he's doing and yeah it would it would really be helpful to have your starting guys out there against a more veteran quarterback
3: Yeah, and he's got a knack for playing pretty damn well against the Packers, that's for sure. Yeah, we don't
4: want to talk about that, Dan. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, But uh, switching over to the offense, like we were kind of starting there with the injury stuff in that realm, Alan Lazard. uh, I don't think that there's any question that he, there's no indication that he's not going to come back off of the IR this week, but still something to keep an eye on because it is such a funky injury with that core you know, the core injury, having to have surgery on it, it's a very it, – that's tricky, you know, to come back in the middle of the season off of that. If you do everything right, like what it seems like he's been doing and it's that's how it's tracking, he comes back. But, you know, just – I mean, look at what happened with uh, Aaron Jones a couple weeks ago. Injury in the middle of the practice season or the practice week, you know comes out of nowhere and misses a game, and now we're looking at Aaron Jones as sort of this question mark each each week, um, you know. So now Alan Lazard just kind of keep an eye on him as it progresses forward. But I think the biggest thing, guys, here is, uh, are, are we having another issue of Matt Lafleur play calling?
2: Oh, geez, I didn't realize like, that was a thing right now. Like,
3: I, I mean, well, I I I watched this past week against against that Jacksonville team, and it was. Like the Jags basically came out and said, "Here is what we're going to do to try and stop you. We're going to try and stop the run," which they did. So Matt Lafleur's response was, "We're going to run the ball even more." <laughs> so, like again, it's we it, it comes up again. Like Matt Lafleur just seems to get out coached at times. Like when he is on, he's on, but. I've just seen way too many times now, especially this season and the second season, when things have looked great, we've seen what happens when things are running well, but he just doesn't seem to have it fully down hundred percent yet. Like an Andy Reed, which is understandable, but like an Andy Reed, a Sean McVay, they, they have, they have the game plan laid out and they're, they know how to handle things. But Matt LaFleur, just seems like he doesn't have that down yet. And this week it was bad like if this is any other team this the way that that offense was managed gives you a loss for sure yeah. uh that that's i think that that's something to keep an eye on us this is the rest of the season you need to figure that out before we keep moving on
2: no i think that's right i mean it's i don't want to i'm not hitting the panic button but at the same point like there's they ran the ball enough to keep them honest but But at the same point, like it wasn't working, right? Like they were under, they were averaging under four yards of carry. Even I think it was close to under three yards of carry. If I look at the stats here, right around that, like you weren't getting any big runs from Aaron Jones, which was kind of strange. Normally, he'll break one to start the game, so you're able Mm -hmm. to spread the offense. Excuse me, spread the defense out a little bit. The jet motion really didn't ever come into play at all, from what I saw. Um, I think they ran it maybe once with Tyler Irvin. That was about it, from what I noticed, and. Really, it was just it was one of those games where it's like, okay, you just got to kind of throw a, a curveball in there, throw something completely off speed to make the defense, you know, second guess themselves, or at least make the offense kind of have a little bit more pep in their step. And like, nothing was really working. You could kind of tell that the it was just off the entire game. Um, you know, Dan's bringing up Matt Lafleur. Honestly, like maybe it's an Aaron Rodgers issue. I know that's crazy, and I don't want to put him on blast, but like, you look at the last two games that they've played um in Lambo, and like both I know were really really bad weather games right so like that's mm-hmm. that little asterisk I have there but there's been a lot of times recently where he's trying to hit that that seam route to either it's generally it's been Tanyan or just another you know where he's rolling out to his right and trying to like flick it over the defense maybe over the linebackers and he's just off and I don't know if that's weather I don't know what what it is I'm hoping Sunday will be a great test to see what it looks like in a dome, right? That's a pretty easy way to tell. Like, well, we can throw weather out of it, Aaron. That's there's your excuse for that. So I I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the middle of the season where they're trying to figure a few other things out. They're dabbling with a couple other things. I mean, it was a one and eight Jacksonville team, as Dan said to start the episode, excuse me, a one and seven team. They don't they're not a one win team. I mean, they're a lot better than that, in my opinion. Um but based off of what we've seen the last few weeks, something on the offense isn't clicking right, and you can't really blame Aaron Jones or the running game. I mean, they were stifled a little bit this last week, but maybe when Alan Lazard does come back from that core injury, um, and just to hit on that, he uh, he being Matt LaFleur on Monday when he was in the press conference discussed that, or he was asked, will they be activating Lazard on Wednesday? They kind of have to activate him. Um, he had... Didn't really say yes or no, but he kind of tongue-in-cheek said, we're going to evaluate that on Wednesday when it comes. So it sounds like he's going to be playing or at least be available for the Colts game. But like Dan said, the injury did come out of nowhere. Being a core injury is also really, really bizarre. So you never know. This injury the whole entire time the last few weeks has been strange too. But um, – Janelle, are you more concerned with Matt LaFleur's play calling, more concerned with Aaron Jones, or do you think Dan and I are just uh, freaking out a little bit?
4: <laughs> I, I mean, it's not out of character to kind of step back and be like, whoa, what are you doing, Matt LaFleur? It's kind of like he he found in the archives this uh, Mike McCarthy era playbook, grabbed the wrong one on the way out and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of a lot of question marks with what he was doing and yeah, I mean, it could be weather factors. There's there's a lot that goes into it, but it's like, guys, this is Lambeau Field. It's not like it's nothing new to play in the weather, and both teams have to do it. That's always the argument, and being the home team, you should be better at it. So you could see guys slipping, and so maybe routes were a little tougher to run, and it was both sides of the ball. Everybody's slipping, so don't really know what was going on with that, because I'm not in Lambeau. I don't know exactly what the weather looked like based on my TV screen, um I think yeah maybe just you know it was the first opening drive without a touchdown and maybe that just kind of sets a narrative in itself you know they're used to opening up with that touchdown drive and then you don't get it and now you got to find the energy somewhere else and I don't know if how quickly they press the panic button where it's like oh man things are not going how they usually go now what so I don't know I hope to see Matt LaFleur do better he's a season and a half into being a head coach and I I'm not gonna worry too much about it I'll worry like you said Matt going into a game where you're in the dome and things are different then maybe you kind of take out one variable and yeah I don't know it was just it was a weird game all around and really I just have to give kudos to Mason Crosby for being Mason Crosby because if he is not as good as he is that game could have been a lot different.
3: Yeah, especially like you said in that weather cuz yeah. um you know field goals and extra points are at a premium uh there but yeah you know, the thing that the thing that just for me is like I didn't understand just the stuff that wasn't working why keep doing it the thing that just I mean made me come unhinged was on I think I'm pretty sure it was remembering right it was the third it was third down you're trying to end the game on third and inches you come out in the heavy package, and they put ten guys in the box. You saw it twice. They called a timeout. You got to see the. You got to see it twice. You ran it right into the middle of it. Yeah. And- what the hell? I mean, was it? Wasn't one of the things where we were talking about was well. With all the tight ends and everything in this group, the Packers really love to run, you know, 23 package and uh, run really heavy set package and have the ability to throw out of the heavy package. Well, then why aren't you doing that when they have 10 guys inside of a 10 by 5 yard box on the field? Like, isn't that the... I would have much rather seen them pass the ball there when the run hasn't worked all day and you're running into... Literally, ninety percent of the players on the field in that area. So you decide you're gonna just run right up the middle of it. That and the, I mean, the wide receiver screens that that didn't work at all that is all day. My
4: least favorite play. Every time it's I so see bad. a ball thrown two yards behind the line of scrimmage, I want to throw something at my TV because it is it it's something that has not worked since when Jordy tore his ACL and they tried to run that with Cobb. The blocking wasn't there. You have to have a solid blocker to make it work, and right now the Packers do not have that. Therefore, please tear that out of the playbook and burn it, eat it, whatever you got to do with it. I never want to see it again.
3: (laughs) It it just goes back, you know. The the thing I always said was this offense is designed to make it work with whoever because of the way the schemes work, and you hit it just right there on the head, Janelle. That doesn't work if you don't have players that can go out and block. So if you don't have those players, why are you putting them in the position to? to do that if it doesn't work play to the system play the system the way that it fits your players that are on the field and what the defense is giving you they weren't letting you go for anything on the ground or anything behind the line of scrimmage they were playing press almost the entire time make them move around get the guys open and win that way that just goes back again i i have qualms and so this is going to be Sunday, if we want to look ahead now, guys, Sunday, this is, is this more important now than it was? This is, has to be more important than it was when the fir- the schedule first came out, right? At least from a standpoint of looking good. Is that is that too much to say? Is that I almost want this game because of how it'll look optics wise more than just the win? Like if they win ugly, I'll feel worse almost.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a a get-right game, right? You have a couple home games coming up, divisional games coming up. I mean, there's no one on the remaining schedule besides the Titans I'm really worried about besides the Colts. So let's perform well. There's going to be no – we don't have to worry about shitty weather anymore. It's a short trip to Indiana or Indianapolis. Like, let's just get right – I. They're going to have, I know they're going to have an issue covering their running backs. It's a for sure, it's 100% going to happen, especially with the good offensive line the Colts have and the defense is performing well. But I think if they can get after Phillip Rivers, that's the way they're going to have to, you know, really be able to do it. But. Uh, It's going to be – I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a close game again. I really do. I don't see where one team pulls away with it just because the Colts' defense is pretty solid. And I think the ball control that Frank Reich is going to do with Phillip Rivers and those running backs, as I mentioned, like, it's going to be a tough game. But at least make it look solid, right? It's – we would – I would prefer that instead of limping through a game in um, in Indianapolis.
4: Yeah, it's – This might be the first time I'm really genuinely nervous going into a game because at least earlier when we were playing better opponents, they looked better as well. So it was like, okay, yeah, like the Saints and, I mean, the Buccaneers before everything happened, it was like, this team can hang with these guys because of how well they're performing and everything is going really well. And now it's kind of the back half of this season so far has just been scraping and ugly and grinding for a win against a team with one win themselves and yeah it's just I want to go in there and win pretty that would be the best I mean win yes but win pretty would be a cherry on top because I mean every team is beatable so like this Jaguars team proved they can hang and it's not like the Jaguars haven't done they beat the Colts week one granted Minshew is in and there's different narrative but it's still their one win is against this Colts team Mm -hmm. so that kind of showed like the Jaguars I don't want to take anything away from them just because their record they're averaging over 20 points a game so it's not like the record shows one thing but how they play is another because they came in and they did what they said they were going to do like we all kind of laughed when they said they're going to pressure like the bucks did but then they kind of did so you know maybe teams are starting to figure that out and I think if you can go into the Colts and play a really solid game, I think it'll change the narrative the way that people are looking at this team. Like, you know, yeah, they're number one seed in the NFC right now, and they lead the North, but it's like, man, are they really going to go anywhere with this? Is it going to stay like this? How How is the end of their season going to go? So I think this is a must-win game for moral standards, and I think that coming off this Jags, like, it would be even harder coming off of this Jags game as a loss. So it's like, okay, you have a little bit of fuel going into it, and I don't know, there's guys on this team, you know, run game makes me nervous. You got Hines, who's coming off a big day. You got Jonathan Taylor, who's really stepping up, and I don't know, everybody's really just got to come and do their job and bring the energy, please. That's really the thing, is bring energy, because as we've seen, Aaron Rodgers plays better when he's having a good time so that's what i want to see going into this game
3: i I like what you said there janelle but the one thing i push back on is part of me almost almost thinks that if if they had lost this game against jacksonville that's a real wake-up call you know for for this team and I I know that I know that getting pantsed by, you know, the Buccaneers and losing at home to the to the Vikings like that should all be wake up calls, too. But, man, like. Coming out and losing to the Jags like that for me, that's that's a that's a whole that's a huge wake up call. And also at a certain point, um, you know maybe that gets rid of Mike Pettin as well. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I will, I'll never, I'll never say that I wish the Packers would have lost a game for such and such reason, except for, you know, 2018 when I was hoping they would just tank the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that this needs to be a, um, this needs to be a get right game. You need to, you need to come out with energy this week. You need to prove that, in that you need to prove that the weather was the issue ultimately. Like you guys have kind of both alluded to it with, you know, the, the weather and affecting the outcome. And, you know, we've already seen it twice now this season. So you need to prove that, that the weather did have the effect and it wasn't, it was, you know, these were just flukes of, you know, the situation or the scenario. Like you can go and play against a team on the road in their house and win pretty like Janelle said. So yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think, I think we've all hit it, um, you know, hit it on on the head pretty easily. So uh, just final thoughts guys, as we're moving forward to the rest of the week, anything that you're else you're keeping an eye on throughout the rest of the league, Um, things that you, you know, anything that we haven't touched on yet, anything that you want to kind of get out there before we wrap up.
2: Yeah. So I talked about this a little before, and I think it's a great segue into it. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur discussed the energy level at Lambeau, right? Mm-hmm. So, and Aaron alluded to maybe it's someone, you know roll out the barrel songs that he would like to hear. <laughs> is there a song you guys would need to hear if you're at Lambeau? Um, Dan already said one I think before the show. Janelle, I don't know if you have one, but is if you're if you're one of those players, you're like you know what. This is the song that's going to bring the juice for us on defense or offense. Is there is there one that you guys would you would need to have at this point, and you would be talking to the uh, the game day crew, if they could get that on the, the loudspeaker during maybe breaks in the action or just have that on repeat during uh, commercial breaks?
4: Oh, I'll man. let Janelle go
3: first. I, w- I want to hear this.
4: I mean, growing up around here, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy has kind of been the big football pump-up <laughs> song. So, you, why are you laughing at me? Because <laughs> that's just –
3: That's so off the wall, but I love it. I love that idea of it, though. That's an underrated pump-up song. Yeah,
4: thank you. It's kind of like my football song. I have my my hockey song playlist, which is just basically ACDC, but Jailbreak gives me that football mentality that I need to kind of, you know, stir some energy in the way it kind of starts and then just kind of gets into the rock. And, yeah, play some Thin Lizzy, please. It'll get everyone psyched up, I promise you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. I Matt, you were alluding to. I know it gets. I know it gets flack from some people, but the intro, the intro song for the Packers with two unlimited. Uh, get ready for this. Gets me jazzed so hard. Um, I for me, if I am if I am getting ready for it, like in the pregame, it's Enter Sandman. By Metallica. A
4: well, that's a good one.
3: But if I am if I am uh if I am in the game and I need something like quick to just get me jazzed up, it's Annie Up by MOP. Like that's that's what does it for me. So okay. uh I I agree. Matt, maybe you can get maybe you're you're in the area. Like get on that, get a hell of the Packers and, and see if you can like kind of put curate a playlist for Ken, us. Do you
4: think Matt can just like connect to the Bluetooth somehow from out <laughs> of <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> if you can I just your love the that. that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're now paired. Yeah. Matt's uh-huh. iPhone has now paired.
4: <laughs> that would be <laughs> awesome. I can't think straight now that just the idea of Matt standing outside Lambo.
3: <laughs> just like his The thing just says like searching, 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 and it pops up Lambo, Lambo PA system.
4: Like, guys, I'm in. We got this. We got it
3: Ready. Just make sure you've got, you've paid for the Spotify premium, Matt, because nothing, nothing, (laughs) nothing pissed me off more than when I used to, I used to call high school football games for radio and I'd get there. And, you know, they have some dad that's working in the PA system, and he hooks his phone up, and he's got Spotify playing, and they play one song, and then it's like a minute worth of ads while the kids are warming up, and then it plays another song. And I'm like, dude, either either download the stuff onto your phone or pay for the premium.
2: Terrible. Like, I'm, I'm an Apple awesome. Music guy, so uh, okay, regar- regardless of what platform you use, just <laughs> – you, ha- you can't p- you can't do the you ads. Like do I don't ad. care who what you're doing. Get a burn CD. Like just, you can't,
4: you <laughs> maybe can't be. Maybe that's the problem. Is their their energy is coming because they're not getting consistent music. They're getting ads in their pump up playlist. So <laughs> no. make sure this team is paying for premium, guys. <laughs> I will
3: pay. Like we need a fund. We'll start a fund to make sure. Not that, that they the Packer, don't have every the Packer money player. to
4: do it, but. If maybe that's the problem, I don't know. Maybe we just solved everything. Maybe and- hey,
3: Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari can cover premium for.
4: There you go. Know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, make sure that you're sticking with us the rest of the week as we get ready for the Colts here on the Packard Podcast. One more, one more. Go thing ahead. We
4: should kind of watch for it. Matt uh, I'm, this yeah. Up. No, I'm sorry. I totally Matt brought this up over and you. I kept forgetting to talk about it. Irvin did get hurt in that game.
3: Yeah, yeah that's it, it. true. The, the rib hurt. injury.
4: So. That's just kind of something to look for, you know, special teams-wise. And mm-hmm. obviously we don't ever get anything injury report. So that's just something that going forward this week I'm going to keep my eye on.
3: Yeah, that no, that's that's a good point. And you know what? On top of that, too, is the health of Darius Shepard because he, I don't think he – he did not play. He was not active for this game, which, you know, he's kind of taken over some of those roles on the kickoff and punt returns for mm-hmm. Tyler Irvin at times. So, yeah, if, but the injury for both of those, that affects – how your offense runs and your special teams run. So you're yeah, totally 48 minutes into it after (laughs) our Spotify. We get we finally get to that. Um, But yeah. So uh, like I said, make sure you're following us on the podcast, the rest of the week, subscribe, rate review, share it with your friends. Let them know. Um, Follow us on Twitter at the Day Podcast. Uh, I'm on there as well at DK all the way. Uh, You can also find some of my work over on Game on Wisconsin's website and YouTube channels with Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday night at 830. Um, Guys, where can people find you out uh, in the universe there?
2: For sure. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Um, Check out all of Game on Wisconsin stuff that Dan does, especially Florial Fridays. Those are can't oh miss key.
4: No, I was so scared during the last one.
2: <laughs> the last one? The last one I was I was hoping I was hoping for something different and it definitely surprised me with the outcome. I was expecting at least a shower cap, but there was no shower cap. I, so that was, I was
4: worried because I, I literally it, I watched it on my lunch break, so I was at school and I was like, oh my gosh, this is
3: <laughs> I literally I was getting my My fiance absolutely does not understand the Florio Friday thing, so every time I put on my suit and those glasses, she just <laughs> has no i like does not understand what it's coming from. and so when I leaned out of the bathroom and yelled, "Do we have a shower cap anywhere it it did not resonate well <laughs> throughout the household and your pipe. Don't forget the pipe. And the pipe, the pipe, it, of course, that makes it so. Pies check out those,
2: better. those are hilarious. They, Thank they every Friday look forward to them. And then, um, check out me and the boys over at uh, PackersWorldwide.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our live streams and podcasts we put out, and also our articles on the website as well. And
3: the light, the live stream at halftime. I love listening
2: halftime to halftime hits. Halftime yeah. hits. That's a when it's a hit, it's a hit. It's like 15 minutes, and we're just we're in, we're in, and we're out. Like it's so fast, like we can barely get to the stuff. But we love people contributing and, and getting in there as well. I was actually in Lambo this last week. I had my uh, had my, my scarf on, my my coat, my umbrella. Yeah. It's just a green screen, Dan knows That's how it works. Awesome. But yeah, it's awesome.
4: Why do you have to call Dan? Like I was thinking, you're actually in Lambo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because Dan
2: uses a green screen, like that's why we lean into that. But no, I didn't make it to Lambo. Unfortunately, I would have had to sneak in with my uh, cell phone trying to get in the blue.
4: <laughs> yeah, and you, Janelle, what about you? Yeah, now that we're done with that, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four M A C K, and I'm starting to do some work with the Say It Again Network. You can follow them at the SIA Network. Uh, I've got some hockey stuff in the works, some other stuff that's kind of stewing right now. So excited to start getting content out there. So anything though that I put out, you'll be able to find on my Twitter page and you can find me in the comments of these guys shows. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Janelle's like one of the biggest supporters of any, any of the Packer content that the people put out. Janelle is Janelle's always there. So uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. We appreciate you for being here in the comments as well, listening and everything. Um, Thanks for listening again. Until next time, everybody, go Paco. Go 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 Go. Paco.